Hi, and welcome back. On today's show, Mark and I are going to start out with something a little different. Gas station chicken. I know. After that, actually, we also have a very special guest on the show, Dr. Dahlia Wax. We're going to talk about all things COVID, facts, not fear. So stick around. And welcome back to Snack a Little, Talk a Little. I'm Mark. And I'm Jenna. And what did you say at the beginning? Uh-huh. Gas station chicken? Gas station chicken. Oh, my gosh. This is uh, something, actually, that that has been needing to happen for a while. I agree. Those of you who are regular listeners, you know about Chicken Sandwich Showdown. There's technically, I mean, there are some biscuits here. We could put some chicken in the biscuit, and then it would be, you know. But this is not an official chicken sandwich. No, but this is all about the chicken. This is all about the chicken today, and we went to our local, just down the street, the... uh, well, it's not Union anymore. No. The 76 gas station used yeah. to be Union 76 with a big orange ball and the blue mm-hmm. letters. They still use that as their logo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, they actually have... <laughs> There's a chicken place inside the convenience store. That's right. And if you've ever... I mean, I, I don't eat anything out of a convenience store that's not already pre-wrapped... And all that stuff. I mean, you know, this is the same place that not only sells gas, they also sell like 900 ounce sodas and condoms <laughs> at the cash register and, you know. <laughs> it's just so strange for me that the person taking cash for uh, cigarettes and booze and candy and ra- uh, uh, marijuana cigarette papers. Mar- yep, right, right, yep, How yep. old and square did I sound right then? You did. <laughs> And then they're the people that are going to be dishing me out the chicken. But but locally, we've we've on Facebook, people have said how great the chicken is. So right now, actually, Jana is is prepping it as we speak. I am. She is opening up the sauces because we got sauces. We got a whole variety pack of stuff to share with you today because we wanted to be as complete as we could with gas station chicken. But the thing is, is that they did not have a chicken sandwich. No, sometimes they offer it, but today that we were denied. But we did we, we did get a variety pack of stuff that we'll talk about. And uh, what what are you going to start with? You're still you're still opening I'm up still, the sauce containers. There's a lot of sauce here. Sauce. So we have one, two, three, five sauces. That's an extra one, right? We have two of those. Uh, That's the barbecue. Sweet and sour. Sweet and sour. That's oh barbecue. God. By the way, oh I, when I opened that, I got some on my uh, thumb and I licked it. You're going to like that. That's got some zing. Yeah. Wow. So we have uh, sweet and sour. We have uh, original sauce, whatever that means. It looks like Thousand Island dressing to me. We have buffalo sauce. We have ranch, barbecue, and this is a honey mustard, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Yellow also, on, as on I white. open another, I think this is our... This is a sound effect show. <laughs> this is, these are, oh, see, this lady really liked us. Oh, look at that. It was only supposed to get one biscuit. She gave oh, us wow. two. Oh, wow. Wow, we got two so biscuits. There's a biscuit right. for you and a biscuit for me. Yay. The biscuits actually look really good. They kind of glisten. So did, did, does it say whether or not they're sweet? Because, yeah, that looks like it might be a like Dip, a... Dipped in sugar, sugar coating or something? Yeah, that doesn't look like just butter. All right. How, how come we're taking things out of bags? Don't we usually have everything all plated wanted, and ready to... Because we wanted everything to stay warm. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so this is... You got to get closer to your mic, Jana. You're, you're oh. leaning pretty far away there. This is breaded... Spice breaded. I can see the spices in it. Corn, breaded corn on the cob. Can you even? We saw we saw that and we couldn't believe it. We were like, "Wait, what is that big what roll?" Because it, it was in the, it was in the. Uh, I it was, mean, it was in the display thing, and it looked like it was some big fat. This piece looks like of it's something that you'd be purchasing at one of these county fairs that we have around us. All right, let me get a where, picture of it where it's deep fried everything. So here, yeah, here we've got the All deep right, I'm fried taking, I'm breaded a, uh, corn. It's about a half corn cob. This is quite a meal that we here. have there. Yeah, we have a lot of food today. <laughs> so I'm kind of trying to uh, keep things out of our way as I empty the bags. As you the open bags. the stuff up, okay. We do have little plates here that we're putting stuff on we'll in the meantime. The, so we have a table between us, which we usually don't. We have one in front of us with all of our equipment. We'll just leave this here on the table. Okay, I'm grabbing one of the mojo oh, potatoes right away. Steak fries. Okay, yes. steak fries, mojo. I guess technically they're not mojo potatoes because those are only from uh, Shakey's. Or potato wedges. Yeah, there are a lot of different names for them. And then a a 
honking mm. box here. Pretty good. I'm going to try the buffalo sauce. Of chicken. How do you open this? <laughs> it's a cardboard box. Let's mm. see here. Okay, so we've got the chicken tenders. She gave us one each. Gave us. It was very nice of her. Wow, those are big. See, when I think of chicken tenders, which I, I'm normally yeah, not big. a fried food person. It looks like she gave us an extra, which this is, is a, very sweet. This is a big piece of chicken. I wanted the breast because I'm a breast woman. <laughs> and I wanted the leg because I'm a leg. Wait a minute. I'm a breast guy. What? <laughs> I know. What's what? happening? What's what? happening what here? What the hell? <laughs> I don't even know where to start. So you know what? I'm going to start with the biscuit. I don't know. Okay, we're we're in opposite land. Let me. I gotta get the chicken leg here. So I got my leg on my plate. So I got all my stuff on my plate and a couple of my giant steak fries. These are big. That's definitely what a do you sweet. Think? You're on the muffin. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a sweet topping. I. It's almost like. It's almost like salted caramel. Really? Which I don't think that was what See, they were going for. See, I'm afraid to drink for, it but... now because I just had the. Uh, the uh, buffalo sauce, which, by the way, just tastes like regular uh, buffalo wing sauce. You know, it's uh, no different. It's it's good and spicy. Oh, and also, just to add to this today, I brought some Boylan brand, Boylan, B-O-Y-L-A-N, black cherry soda Ooh. Cane, made from cane sugar. Ooh, Ooh <laughs> that was a good pop. Open that. So let me uh, pour some of that for Jana. She mm. has a mouthful. Mm. And I'm pouring and talking at the same time. <laughs> mm, thank you. Yum. You take a, a whiff. And this is all, this uh, this cherry soda is not chilled. It is at room temperature so that your taste buds can taste it better. So I'm curious. Yes. You need to try the biscuit. Okay. And tell me what you think. Because... I'm going to drink a little bit of water, which I also have here. Because I want to wash my mouth out. Because it's pretty spicy. Cancel out. Oh, the buffalo do, sauce? Yeah. Do we have any more of that, those fruit chews that we had a couple episodes ago? <laughs> not in <laughs> here. <laughs> yes, but not in here. Didn't plan for that. So, I'm just curious. Where'd you pick up the soda? Is this easy to come by? Like um, a... Where did I get that soda? You know what? I think I might have got it at Walmart. Oh, Before, okay. there's so... a place in L.A., Galco's Soda Pop Shop, mm -hmm. which I have gone to and I get a case of soda every few months or so and uh but anyways I've, I've had this brand before and i uh saw it on the shelf at, i think it was walmart and so i uh got a four pack of it. it comes in a four pack so you're saying that the buffalo sauce is has a little it's, kick yeah it's regular buffalo sauce it's what you would expect it's, okay. it's nothing any different it is just good uh buffalo sauce so i'm gonna go uh take a bite of the yeah i want to know what you think of that biscuit i can't quite it, there's definitely, I mean, there's definitely sweet, but it also has a salt edge to it. That's why I say it kind of reminds me of a salted caramel topping. Yeah, that is good. It is good. Yeah, there's definitely Unexpected. salt. Unexpected. Is the salt on the top or is the salt in the biscuit? I don't know. Because I know sometimes, uh, depending on what biscuits you have, it will get salty. I mean, you know, people put too much salt in food sometimes. So I'm, I've got just a little tiny bit. In fact, I think I'll take a picture of that. Little tiny bit. Well, it's not that tiny. I probably should have gone less <laughs> of the uh, buffalo sauce, but let's see if I can, can I handle this? You know, considering these biscuits, now, now mind you, again, folks, this stuff was all under the heat lamps at the gas station. Mm -hmm. But the biscuit tastes really good. It's not mm -hmm. dried out. It tastes like it was dipped in butter, actually. Uh, you know, I didn't even think of getting butter with it. But you don't need it. It actually you don't need it. It tastes like it has plenty of butter on it. Okay, so Maybe I, that's where the salt comes from. I get that that zing. So oh, the buffalo sauce zing. Yep. So we've taken pictures of the food. Right. All totaled. Let's see here. So we have two pieces of corn, two biscuits, three tenders. She gave us three tenders, and they were not part of the deal. It was a five dollar, um, like a dinner box special, right? Where you can choose. I think it's you choose whichever kind of piece of chicken that you want. We chose a breast and a leg, like we said. I don't think the corn came with it, did it? Uh, the corn was extra. It did not come with the, the meal deal, no. So all of that for, for $5 and whatever the corn was, I think I spent, it was less than 7 And right. all the sauces kind of came. Oh, yeah. Okay, there it is. There's that spice. <laughs> Getting the heat from the uh, I am. It's, yeah. buffalo sauce. So now their original sauce that they have. Tastes, it kind of reminds me of the 
generic sauce at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A has so it's a not Thousand Island or, or no. something well, sort I don't of know. like you that. You taste it. I, I don't okay. know. I'm going to break off a piece here, so I'm not I, technically use a double, fry for double it. dipping. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Thanks. We're fighting over the sauces already. <laughs> so this is that's our original sauce. It's a little bit of pepper, but it's just kind of a. I don't quite know what to make of that. That's what Chick Fil A's original regular sauce tastes like. Although this one, I think, maybe a little tiny bit more pepper, but it's not hot. The fries also have some spice. So, so the breading on everything so far has just the, just a, a little hit of um, some spice. Right. So I'm dying to know about this corn. You want to go? No, you go want? ahead. You go first, and I'll talk I'll about. Give it a try. I'll talk about the sauces or something. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's a good sound effect over there Jan is giving you. She's taking a bite of the corn cob that has been deep battered. It's like chicken fried corn cob is what I would guess it would be. Mm-hmm. I guess we didn't really look at the menu to see what the names of everything was. Hmm. What do you think? I think the corn has been under the lamp too long, and it's kind <laughs> of almost like biting into canned corn with breading on it. Really? Oh, that breading is spicy. I'm going to take a bite of the... Uh, the corn. So it's not bad. It's just not fresh corn. It's corn that's just been sitting under there for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's a little wilted. You know how canned corn just has it. It's not as uh, perky as frozen. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little mushy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the uh, breading is spicy on yes. this. I like that. Yep. So it's not bad. But I'll bet if you did this with a fresh piece of corn and had it right away, right. Yeah, this is corn that has sat there too long. Yep. But, you know, what do you expect? It's what, uh, it is what it is. It's typically the case. I find, like, for example, like Kentucky Fried Chicken, they offer corn. It's the same thing. I think it just sits in a butter sauce all day until somebody buys some more. So it all has that sort of same wilted. And it tends to get sweeter, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just not the same as having it when it's when it's fresher. Right. When it's crisper. Mm-hmm. So I just dipped my my uh, French fry or potato fry or mojo potato in the honey mustard sauce, which That's was pretty good, which came highly recommended. Yeah, it's it's sweet. I'm gonna I'm gonna try the. I'm 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 a little bit of a mustard snob though. Uh, I like my mustard to be spicier, and I also uh, uh, I'm not. Well, I'm I just like I like hot things hot and spicy a lot more than what the. The average person want, but you you might find the honey mustard be a little spicy actually. The barbecue sauce. I don't know if you've tried it yet, but it's Not very yet. good. But man, you will like it because there is some heat. Hmm. All right, let's see here. <laughs> That's the honey mustard. There's a lot of us eating and not a lot of us talking. We need to get <laughs> we need to get some more descriptive stuff going on here. We're trying to eat. I mean, we have a lot of a big variety of stuff. So we do. Yeah, I haven't even gotten to the chicken yet. Have you? Uh, I broke off a piece of the tender. Oh, okay. And tried that in the um, buffalo sauce, which, yeah, I mean, I felt the heat. I did. And I think I've tried all of the sauces. Well, I didn't try the ranch and I didn't try the sweet and sour. Um, I am, so so you're the mustard snob, I'm the ranch snob. Oh, okay. So you're going to break off a piece of your chicken there? I'm going to break off, try the ranch. I'm, I'm break trying, off a piece of I am trying chicken. the sweet and sour sauce as I'm dripping it on the table. Okay. You have to tell me what you think of that. So now that I wouldn't think would have heat. I would just expect it to be sweet and sour. It has a little bit of pepper or something in it. Okay. And I just tried the ranch. And hmm, is it buttermilk? Hmm. What is it? doesn't say it's buttermilk it has some tang almost like it's buttermilk i've had better but it's all right it kind of cools it down when you've had i mean all of this breading i would say right down to the potatoes and the corn the only thing that doesn't have any heat is the biscuit right right so, at least least for you right right for me <laughs> for me this is all very very mild so i want stuff. you all to hear that you can taste a little bit of pepper that's the so we have the the bone in chicken as well that's the coating. Yeah, that is certainly crispy, it, it crunchy. It doesn't suck. And by the way, the brand of this, and you'll see this in the logo and stuff when you see the products, is Crispy Crunchy Chicken. That is actually the brand. Instead of KFC or 
El Pollo Loco or whatever else you have. This is crispy, crunchy chicken. And I know of two gas stations in town, and they're both 76 stations that have it inside the place. So I, it must be some kind of licensing agreement or something they, that they have with the 76 stations. I don't know if they have it nationwide. Do you know anything about that? I don't. I, I was told about this by my brother who lives in Portland. And so why he knows about it, I don't know. I don't know if it's because they have it there as well. But hmm. he told me that y'all got to try that. And you had mentioned it before, too. Yes, I, I had it once a while ago, but I was actually a, a, on a job and I just wanted to do a quick lunch and I grabbed some stuff, ate it. And I, you know, I remember it being pretty good. But that was about it. I wasn't really, you know, I, I was more interested in getting some food in my belly than than to uh, decide exactly how perfect it may be. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not mad about anything that I've tried. And... I haven't. The only one I haven't tried is the sweet and sour, so I'm going to do a little. Right. Well, dipping. I want you to try the sweet and sour, so I can get a terrible picture of you oh, putting okay, it in your good. mouth With and me eating. Having a hot flash and. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the sweet and sour, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so, I like that. Well, I like that. Is it a little spicy? Yes. Yeah. Yep. How odd. So so I don't know if this is a Louisiana thing. Now I'll have to look that up after the show. Because I don't know why I couldn't look at Whoa. The skin on the cause so so I was having some of the <laughs> What just happened over there? I was so what I, what I used That's to some dip, hot flash. What I used to dip uh into the sweet and sour was the um the bone in chicken. I mean all of it has some kick. Right. Right, and I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> I need to. Get, I need to. I like that, that barbecue sauce too. Mm-hmm. That is a good tangy barbecue sauce. I'm taking a big. It's got great flavor, man. I would suspect that they could probably sell that if they don't already. Yeah, crispy, crunchy chicken. That's that's really good barbecue sauce. It's got tang. It's not too sweet, and it is a little hot for me, but not so hot that I wouldn't go back in for it. What do you think overall? I'm I like it. I'm actually it's so funny because I, I really think we're eating too much on the show right now. Yes, yeah. Well, <laughs> this we, is we'll, going we'll to move a, on. a long long food segment, but I would say let me take one more. I'm going to take one more bite of yep. the uh, bone actual in. chicken, the bone in chicken of the chicken, uh, the drumstick, so I can get a good taste of that. Go and for we'll see it. What, uh, see what that's going to taste like. Yeah. So I mean, if you were to actually, if you look at our plates, it hardly looks like we've made a dent in them, really, because it may sound like we've been mowing down our food (laughs) but you know we're trying there's so much here and again this was under ten dollars it was i think seven and change and this is a lot of food but that said the gas station attendant because she knew that this was like the first time for both of us right she was like oh let me throw let me throw a little extra this and that in there for you so we got an extra biscuit which by the way i just noticed have you noticed that looks like a nipple (laughs) why didn't i take a picture i'm gonna take a picture now well, I gotta say the chicken is a little spicy. The, yes, the bone-in chicken, and I like it that way. I like spice. I mean, this it is, is spicy. this is like a, like a Popeye's chicken spicy from the spicy Popeye's chicken. So I like this. This is a pretty good deal. I mean, I am I am really truly surprised because when we are told gas station chicken, mm-hmm. like what? I don't even. I wouldn't eat anything out of a gas station. But you kind of want to love it. Well, I, I wanted to try it because other people have told me. So obviously they've tried it and lived. So, right. <laughs> all right. Well, there you So, what did you think? You like everything? And it was I, a good value. It was a great value. I, I, I will go back uh, because of the neighborhood. <laughs> I'll never go there without somebody with me. Yeah. But yeah. I, I can see that. But I will go back as long as I have uh, backup. Awesome. Well, that was, that was very good. Well, we'll move on to our next segment. And right now, Jana has someone on the line. Today, we have a special guest. Who do we have? We've got Dr. Dahlia Wax, and Mark, this is pretty exciting. There are so many things. Well, it's always exciting when we have a guest. It is very exciting when we have a guest. Especially a doctor. There's so much information and and misinformation out there, and I'm excited to talk to somebody who could maybe help us make sense of what's going on, what's really going on, what what do the numbers mean? So, Dr. Dahlia, are you there? 
I am. Thanks for having me, guys. Yay, Thank you so much for, for coming on. Did that sound like I had like a country? Are you there? Are you there? <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I love there. the twine. <laughs> All right. So during your residency, you worked as an emergency room physician in Lake Havasu. And that's in Arizona for those of you who are not from around yeah. here. I bet you there's stories there. Just emergency at Lake Havasu. I know all yeah. the people that go party in at Lake Havasu. I, I bet you know. there's stories What happens there. at Lake Havasu only gets talked about in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you were an urgent care physician at Bullhead City, Arizona. One of my ex-boyfriends is from Bullhead City. Looks into oh, that. Wow. Janet, you have so many. Janet, you have so many. You have so many. We could go up to the that's cities a, of the that's world. For another and, show. And you would say. <laughs> So then you became a board certified board certified in family medicine and you immediately opened a practice of your own in Las Vegas. And uh, and so most recently you earned a degree of fellow from American Academy of Physicians and help me out here a, a degree of fellow. Yeah, yeah. So um it's it's my medical degree but then I also became a fellow. I guess that's somebody that you know is is you know, takes all her tests and tries okay. to be a good girl. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I was always, you know, the dunce chair in schools. So it was really nice to get that, get my fellow. Oh, so you see, we're, we're two of a kind. I'm a jolly good fellow. <laughs> and I understand also, just as a side note, that you're a musician. Or, or you I, loved... Well, I do. Go ahead. I, I, well, I mean, I don't play an instrument well, but I sing to it, and I use the instrument to drown out my singing. And so for some reason, as long as everybody's drinking, there you they go. have me there on you stage. Go. There's, there's something else that we have in common. I'm, I'm a singer, but not, yeah. Oh, amen. By, by day, I work for a phone company. And at night, yes, I just, I sing to my cats. <laughs> Me too. My cats are my best audience. Oh, great. All right, so welcome to Crazy Cat Lady Show. <laughs> so let's get right into this. Um, back in March, at least here in California, and I, don't, I think that I don't know that you were shut down, but originally most of us were asked mm-hmm. to, uh, to slow the, to flatten the curve, right, originally for two weeks. Right, that take was the two original weeks. goal. And then it changed, right. and then it was to slow the spread. Then it was four weeks. Yeah. And, and now it seems like we're getting to the point where things are just going to continue being wonky until we either have a cure or a vaccine. And yep. it, 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 nobody knows what to expect. Nobody has anything to look forward to because the, the brakes get put on. They, the, do, what, so... All right. So going back to March, do you feel like the two weeks was necessary? That's a good question. So, yeah, yeah. Similarly, here in southern Nevada, we had to shut down. And as a doctor, I'm very humbled by the virus, by any virus. You know, I've seen I've seen worse than COVID. I've seen, you know, things not so bad. And COVID scares me, not as much as other things, but it, it does scare me. But when I saw that we tried to hunker down and stay home, I didn't think it was going to be very successful because viruses are smarter than us. Mm-hmm. They just are. And we didn't really isolate everybody. Half the country was essential. So I'm going to work and I'm seeing still people on the road and people getting gas and people going to grocery stores. So it wasn't really a lockdown. And so the virus just had a chance to still kind of do what it had to do because, you know, we still needed to feed the population. We still needed to run the country. It wasn't realistic to be locked down completely. If, If it had just been social distancing and masks from the beginning, those work, do they not? I mean, they do, assuming the mask is clean. You know, the average person, and I'm just as guilty, has her mask in the car. And yes. then all of a sudden I forget to grab a new one, and so I reuse my old one. Right. Or I might also wipe off the salt from my French fries with it. So <laughs> it's not the cleanest, most sterile mask. And, and so, and with social distancing, people aren't very rigid about the six feet or the nine feet. And if it's windy, the droplets can still spread. It would have helped, but I don't think we would have gotten rid of this virus. Hmm. Interesting. And so one of the other, uh, I, I know it, it early on, uh, it was said that possibly if this followed the what the trajectory or the pattern of some other viruses or flus, things, words that got um, 
thrown out there was that probably when it warmed up that this would right. go disappear. Away. Go away. Well, so obviously it's still here. And yes. But we've also been told that but I think it was by the CDC said that yeah, we do see that uh for example when it's outside that it doesn't that, that that there's not as much of a problem as when people are indoors and there's the same air recirculating and at warmer right. temperatures it does um dissipate or die. I'm not really sure what the the proper terminology would be there. And so I, I I'm starting to think, well what do we know because <laughs> here we are with spiking, yeah. which was which would be expected because of the protests and and right. the reopening of different places as well. Do we do we are we in a better place now? You know, it's interesting. Yes, and it's frustrating because I live in southern Nevada, so we've had 109 degrees. Ugh. Nothing lives in that. I, I mean, it's, <laughs> right. this heat is I'm surprised this is some super virus, which is why I'm a little scared. But I think what happened and what I'm seeing with my patients now is we're looking at a younger crowd. Now, we're, yes. we're seeing more of a younger crowd going to the hospital or having chest pain and shortness of breath. We're also seeing a lot of people have a milder version of it, a little bit of body aches, a little bit of cough. So I don't think we're going to see as high a death rate because we're looking at a younger population. But I do find it fascinating that at first it was an older person's disease, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it was a younger person's. But then again, most younger people weren't really as social, and then all of a sudden we had the protests, and we had bars and we with the pendulum swung the other way because we were locked down and then once you're free you're kissing and hugging and dating and, and enjoying life again so i think we might have done this to ourselves because we locked down so strictly in some areas that people rebounded i just want to say first of all that that's not me darn it apparently i missed out on that train i, I <laughs> the, the, the dating and hugging out kissing and hugging and <laughs> darn it well you know i actually it cracked me up because at first you know they said oh well it's the older folks 60 and older or something like that so i was like oh that's good because i'm you know that's that's older than not I there am. yet not there yeah. yet so yeah. I'm, yeah so i'm doing good and then it was like well now it's the 18 to 49 and i'm like i'm still in the middle that's not getting that so i'm good <laughs> I, and now I'm not. It, I'm not sure where. <laughs> I I don't even know anymore. I know. I know. And it's it's frustrating because you know we've we at least with the other SARS that we had in 2002 to 2003, it died off by June, and we called it uh, quits at in July. With this, it surged despite doing masks and trying to do shutdowns and trying to do social distancing. And so, you know, some people wonder if just anybody we think is vulnerable or who hasn't had it yet should bunker down and maybe those of us who have had it and have some resilience and antibodies to be able to run the country. But then we get another surprise with it where people are getting it a second time. So is it that they're getting sick twice? Or is it that it stays in the body and then reactivates? So part of me wonders, maybe the reason why we have all these cases is because it's the second time around. Or wow. it's the reactivation. Is it yep. that common? Well, what I'm seeing is, um, um, it's, it's hard to say, like, if I'm seeing 1 in 10 or 1 in 20, but we are seeing numbers of people say that they feel achy, they feel tired, they have, you know, coughs, they have sore throat. But then again, it's allergy season. Us living right. in the southwest United States, all we're doing is, is clearing our throat and sneezing and coughing, which is another thing. Maybe allergies also that's, help. That's pretty, that's pretty well. much day to day for me. So I can I'm always with I'm that. always suspicious of the people that are allergic to this planet. It, so <laughs> yes <laughs> well, you're sitting right next to one <laughs> but but you know so you, you you mentioned that about how this has lasted longer than other ones in the past do you think part of that could be because we did flatten the curve because you know because everyone's social distance or not everyone but enough people social distance to drag it out longer which was the stated goal in the first place was to flatten the curve and make it go longer so it wouldn't overwhelm the system do you think maybe that's one of the reasons why it uh, is is gone on past June. Or you know, that's a very good point. You know, I was I was with a couple of my medical students, and they asked me, you know, if if sometimes is it the less deadly virus that lasts longer because a deadlier virus like Ebola, you know, unfortunately kills 
the host quicker. But when you have a milder virus, it can stick around and it can, you know, because the person's alive and out and about. Yes, there is that theory. And I would I, I wouldn't discount that at all. So here's here is what I've heard. And again, these you know, you hear it. You hear something different all the time. But I've heard that about 50% and and who can say for sure right now, I mean, we're still kind of in the middle of it, aren't we? But 50% of the people who get it are are asymptomatic. Um, Those who do get it about 98% um, might require treatment, but it, it is a recoverable illness. And so there's possibly and again because we don't really know I, I don't know that we'll know until when it's gone when we when it, they go back and look right. at everything and but possibly it's only two percent of the population lethal. who's yes that it's lethal and with children uh it's a very it's it's some say that they can't get it well we know that that, that they not that they can't get it but that they won't uh die from it we there have sure. been a couple that have, but for the most part, that would be true. And are, does that now are children also asymptomatic, typically? Good point. So what's interesting is we're starting to hear more and more cases of these children having this MIS, multi-system inflammatory syndrome. And many of them are having no symptoms until maybe two to four weeks after their mom or dad had it meaning the child is affected with the virus but may not have symptoms initially. Hmm. Um, we've had a few more deaths in the pediatric population, still way, way lower than flu, thank the Lord, because that's yes. so tragic. But um, we are seeing now teens, um, even younger individuals, start becoming affected now with either mild COVID or this MIS. So it is still too early to say how much of, you know, kids are, are you know, um, affected by this. But when you do look at the numbers comparing to flu and comparing to other viruses, many people out there scratch their head going, you know, why don't we just treat, you know, have life as usual like the flu? And and I think, the, you know, the reason why doctors are kind of hesitant to go with that sort of mentality is because we did have hospitals in certain cities overloaded. And we did have people die. And so we can't just say, you know what, let's just treat this as a flu, because at least with flu, we have a medication, we have a vaccine. With COVID, we're still virgins when it comes to that. Right. So speaking of a way to treat people <laughs> and not having a vaccine, but what are your thoughts? Okay, we we know that it appears to have become political. And that's how it looks to me yep. with the, the the hydroxychloroquine. And I hear that there are good things about remdesivir, but it's quite a bit more expensive. What are your thoughts on those two? I, because it, right. it's, it's like, oh, don't talk about hydroxychloroquine. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Right. So, you know, when, when, when patients are mild, you know, they're at home and they don't really, you know, are, they aren't really recommended to take any medications. However, once they're, God forbid, hospitalized, there's a lot of things that we give them. We mm-hmm. give them vitamin C, we give them zinc, we give them sometimes magnesium, we give them azithromycin, which is a Z-pack. We right. give them right. We're all the, familiar the, with that, that antibiotic. Right. Yeah, we give them steroids, we give them vitamin D. Some of them might even be getting melatonin. Um, hmm. Some of them make it a blood thinner so they don't get clots. Some of them might be given, um, of course, steroids and oxygen. And then uh, the remdesivir is added to it. But there's, they've stopped the plaquenil, the hydroxychloroquine, because of some of the studies that showed cardiac um, toxicity. However, there are people out there and there are studies out there saying it worked. And so how I kind of wrap my head around it is it's different strokes for different folks. For Just like with the blood pressure medication, for some a blood pressure medication wait, will wait, do hold great. Wait, hold on a second. You, did you just talk about having a heart attack and say different strokes for different folks? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't so, let that one go by. Yeah. No, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. That's literally yeah, different so, strokes for different folks. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Exactly. And so, you know, it's, it's frustrating because I think Plaquenil has a place. The problem is, is if somebody, let's say, has COVID and COVID induces um, heart issues, we won't know if it was the Plaquenil or the COVID. And in terms of liability, at this point in time, doctors and hospitals would get sued 
if they use the Plaquenil. So now we have to not use the medication that possibly could have worked. And it got politicized. And, and you know, doctors who thought that the medication did, could work, you know, were accused of being Trumpers. And you're like, oh, th- come on. If the president thinks, you know, got the same data that we did, right. you know, why right. is that a big deal? Right. So. Yeah. yeah, it's it's unfortunate. So, OK, so let's say I get COVID. I've been hearing that, you know, you have to treat them early. What does that mean? As soon as you have symptoms? I mean, when whatever it is that you're going to treat a patient with, whether it be remdesivir or the hydroxychloroquine, or you're saying Plaquenil. I mean, is it if it has to be done early? How early? As soon as you're tested well, that's positive. A good question. Yeah, that's a good question because you know people are asking. They're like, okay, so I got my test back. I'm positive. I have no symptoms. Do I take the medicine preventatively? Do I take the medicine if I have mild aches? The National Institutes of Health says at this point, no, we don't give you anything preventative. We don't give you anything post-exposure. However, once you have to start, once you're being treated in a medical setting because you have severe symptoms, by being treated early, those are the ones where we want to get to immediately. What had happened in March is because of the shutdowns and because of people's fear, when somebody did have some chest pain or shortness of breath, they didn't want to go to the hospital. They were afraid to go to the hospital. And by the time they went to the hospital, then they were already too late and needed to be on ventilators. So we're trying to tell people that the second you feel chest pain, trouble breathing, dizziness, confused, severe symptoms, fever not going away, you need to get yourself into a medical center or the hospital so they could start treatment right away. There must be a lot of people that have been going to the hospital when probably they didn't need to just for fear because of the the panic porn i mean i don't i i know this is real but i know that there are there's so i had to shut off the news yes it's so uh discouraging because everything you hear is just awful right now right and and so you know every now and then i venture i venture back on and i do hear positive things. I have to remind myself that yes, it's, uh, it's real, but the numbers are actually very good. And so mm-hmm. I don't want to be one of the people who, uh, who is the one who doesn't make it, I don't want to be one of the people that's really struggling. Right. And I think that that's, unfortunately, that's where a lot of people are at, you know, I probably would right. be okay. But what if I'm not? <laughs> right, right, so, right. So, so doctor, what do you think about all the the news coverage? Because now I come from a news media background. Mm-hmm. And I know it's all about getting a, you know, a saucy headline and all that. And it's so negative, negative, negative in the news. And how, how does that affect you and how you are presenting this to people? Exactly. You know, for me, the great question, because for me, um, I was, I've been taking care of patients online with telemedicine. And to me, there's also multiple other medical issues besides coronavirus. So somebody would call up with a cough, with chest pain, with shortness of breath. And I'd say, look, you know, this could be pneumonia. I need you to go in and to an urgent care or ER and get a chest x-ray. And they'd say, no, 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 because I don't want to get COVID. Mm-hmm. Or right. they had a baby at home with a high fever, possible meningitis, and they didn't want to go to the hospital because they didn't want to get COVID. And I'm telling them, look, this could kill your child. A meningitis could kill your yes. child before COVID does. Get your butt to the hospital. So unfortunately, there was so much you know, hype and misinformation and scare tactics. Oh, people are in the hallway. They are. There's no bed that people are treated in the hallway. When I had a kidney stone, I was in the hallway. The ER I I went to, it was busy. Many times we run out of beds. ERs are a lot of times full. It's always been that way. So, and that was in the 90s. So, yeah, it it unfortunately, I think, might have led to more morbidity and mortality because you had people who were having heart attacks, pneumonia, other issues, and they didn't go in and get seen. So then by the time they did go into the hospital and they had chest pain and cough and maybe they were exposed to COVID, now that was chalked up to a COVID death right. when it might have never been a COVID death. The, the, it makes you wonder, let's say two years from now, I don't know how long it takes to, to look back at this and, and just think, which is what I feel like is going to happen. I, I hope it is because that will that will at least tell us that you know there wasn't some devastating you know we lost half the planet or something. That's my right. hope. Right. Certainly, that's, that's how it was. <laughs> it was sold to us that millions and millions were going to die, and obviously we took some precautions and everything. But the thing is, it really hasn't lived up to its hype. 
And to me, psychologically, that affects a lot of people that don't want to wear masks and stuff. They're like, right. ah, it just wasn't what they thought it, they said it was going to be in the first place. So now I don't believe them. Uh, I will say. Mm-hmm. Oh, the boy who cried wolf. Right. Right. You're right. So I have a 92-year-old mother. She still lives on her own. And um, I uh, am certainly very careful around her because I'm still working. But, I mean, I don't have any choice but to go around and, and do things around her house and, you know, do her shopping for her. But uh, so for anybody, and we've said this before um, on our show, but anybody listening who thinks that we haven't taken it seriously, Mark, Mark and I have been very careful. But but also ha- you, we have stood back and just thought, what's really going on? And so we have a couple of listeners who had questions. And one wanted to know about, are there lung issues uh, after the, the virus is gone, like, or, or any other issues for that matter? Because some people have said, oh, it's going to, you know, you're going to lose a leg. I know the one guy, the actor, an actor, I believe, um, did because of a clot. But mm-hmm. those kind of things, I, I believe, are uncommon. Wouldn't we be hearing more Very about rare. it? Very rare. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. It's a little early to tell. It's a fantastic question. It's a little early to tell what the long-term sequela is of COVID, um, but we have seen that those people that did need to be on a ventilator, their lungs might not go back to 100. percent Okay. Um, if they went into sepsis or shock and some of their organs shut down, they may not go back to full recovery. So um, severe COVID is horrible, and severe COVID we have to avoid. In terms of the mild COVID, we still don't know if there's if it comes back to haunt us a few months later, and is that what's going on now, or does it cause issues with fertility? We, j- we don't know, and yeah. we won't know for a while. But most people, what, what we are believing, will recover just fine. Okay. Well, see, that's that. Well, certainly, that's all of our hope. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, God willing. Yeah. So this is this is um a pretty pretty deep question here. Uh, one of our listeners said, "Are you checking the D levels and blood platelets, and what is your understanding of anticoagulants and lower incidence of lung and heart involvement?" There. Wow. Absolutely. Yes. So she's talking about the D dimer um, because this sort of virus has been linked to blood clots. Most people admitted to the hospital are going to be on blood thinners as well as famotidine. Now, famotidine is Pepsid. We've been popping Pepsid, you know, whenever we see our mothers, right, and family and stuff. Uh, yes. So Pepsid, <laughs> right. we, we've been using that as an antacid. However, when I was in training, I would have to stop using the medication on some of my patients because it would lower their platelets or clotting factors. So they are anticoagulating, meaning trying to stop these blood clots when people do go to the hospital and absolutely they watch their D-dimer, they watch a lot of different um, um, levels of numbers to make sure they're preventing um, uh, uh, many different, shall we say, morbidities that can happen. So Uh a fantastic question. And and yes, we're, we're on it, especially those people in the hospital. So we know quite a bit more. Uh, and it seems as though there would now they're saying that now here where we're at in Riverside, we've had a spike, not just in the number of cases that, you know, people that are being tested positive. And of course, they've increased testing, but also we've had um, the number spike for some people who've passed away recently. And but generally speaking, it is decreasing the deaths. Right. And mm-hmm. do you think would you say that probably part of that is because, first of all, the more, pe- more people that are getting it right now are the younger ones, but also is it because we know more and there's we, like, mm-hmm. I'm, like I'm in there working with them too, but there's more that's known and so there's a better way to treat these people? Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think one is we have now a plan. So we have a regimen on, on what to do, and we basically throw everything at them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just do it all. Yeah. Um, number two is we, I think, are now being a lot more careful about what we're going to call a COVID death. I think a lot of people cried foul when all the flu-related deaths that we have and heart attacks and strokes, God forbid, that we usually see in January, February, and March got blurred with the COVID death rate. Right. And I think now hospitals are being very, very careful and a lot more accurate about, you know what, this is definitely going to be called a COVID death versus a person coming in with a heart attack that they would have had, you know, 2019, 2020 if COVID didn't exist. So I, I think they're also being more careful about what they're calling a, a COVID-related death. Well, let me let me ask you on that on that point, because I'm, I'm, very, I'm very cynical about everything. 
so this isn't anything mm -hmm. personally about what you just said, but what about the fact that the federal government has opened up all sorts of funding for COVID and all that stuff, and from a uh, taxpayer point of view and being cynical about the government and everyone, Yep. There's there's a certain section of people. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but I might be. Uh, yeah. It says that the the hospitals are classifying things as COVID, so they can make sure to get their COVID money out of it. Like if someone comes in, now this is an exaggeration, but if someone comes in sneezing no. or something like that, they oh well that's COVID. Let's uh, test them for COVID and put them through all the COVID because we're getting a lot of money from the COVID fund. Do you think that mm -hmm. kind of thing is happening? Well, this is what this is. This is kind of the backstory to it, and I don't want people in medicine, you know, you know, upset that I I said something like this. But um, what originally happened was I think this started in California, where somebody got a two thousand dollar bill because they thought they had COVID. They went to the hospital, and you know, they went to the ER. They had a chest X-ray or whatever, and and the hospital at first tested them for flu. He ended up having flu. So they let him go, but because he went to the ER, it was two thousand dollars. Right. And so patients, when they heard that, said, "No, no, no, I'm not going to go to the hospital. Nah, I think I'm just going to stay home and live with this." Well, the government didn't want people staying home because then, unfortunately, they could stay home and die or spread it. Right. So they told people to go to the hospital, but they told the hospital not to charge them for COVID. The hospital's like, "Well, that's all fine and dandy, but how do we stay afloat? We're going to then go bankrupt in two weeks." So they said, look, if you are taking care of people for COVID, we will subsidize it so all these people aren't getting big bills. Right. So then, then, which I think is absolutely fair. So if the hospital is going to take care of you for free, they might as well get subsidized. Where everything went wrong is if they did examine you for COVID so they would get paid because you came in and you thought you had COVID, then if, God forbid, you did die – there should have been that separation on the Excel spreadsheet that this was somebody we assumed had COVID or you see there, there should have been yes. more clarification right, right. and there wasn't. And, and, you know, I know people think that hospitals were just kind of, you know, making extra money on purpose. But then again, if a hospital had somebody who had a cough and they were going to take it in the tush or get funding because they are examining, right. right. Then, yes. then, yeah, I mean, you might as well get paid, from the government right that answers that yeah how do you feel about that answer well i'm still cynical about the government <laughs> and doctors and everyone right. the I'm, whole world's no, coming to fine. an end i'm, yeah, I'm no, slightly played a role i'm it slightly a less role. so You're but right. i'm a libra so i want everybody to be happy and the scales to be completely I'm a, balanced i'm a libra as well <laughs> that's true that doesn't have a, I, just, it. I just have a lot more on one of my scales than you do <laughs> i guess you do <laughs> so i I, you know what? So I've got another listener of ours who said, how can I get tested without lying in parentheses to meet requirements of a destination state? I'm not really sure. I probably should have sent her message and asked her. So to I'm thinking she wants. Well, what I was wondering is what she means is she wants to go somewhere else, but she has to get permission to go. But you know what? She doesn't live in California because I, I know. know right now anybody that's, right. that comes to California or or – uh, leaves California, so people don't want us. <laughs> right. So, so, so she's talking about like if she wants to go to New York and New York and Connecticut and New Jersey I don't want so. people yeah. from our area to go. Yeah, and and I also wonder how they're going to enforce that fourteen day quarantine. Some people have asked, why can't I just go see my mom and just quarantine with my mom for fourteen days? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Um, um, of course, you don't want to lie, you know, because right. it's. You, you, I mean, it, you know, if they, we, the government has been very unpredictable these days. You know, we right. thought that the government could not pick and choose and discriminate and segregate and do any of that, that we had all this progress all these decades. And now here we are separating people and um, choosing who could all operate a business and who yes. can't. Who's and, essential. And, um, so I wouldn't be surprised I, that the government could do anything. So I had err on the side of caution of not lying, take the test, show that you have a negative test, yes. and um, use that if you're going to travel. And I've got one more question for you about, I don't know that we're doing this here in California, but I know for sure that New York has um, advised the contact tracers that they're not supposed to ask if uh, the person has participated in protests. And... I, I 
understand that people say, but it's their right to protest. And absolutely, dang sure that's right. But how can we get accurate numbers and accurately contact trace right. if we don't know where you've been and who you've been around? Right. And so right. I don't yeah. know why. Why is this okay? I don't. I don't. It's I, not. It, it isn't. And do you know whether it's, or not it's any place besides New York that's? That's... I'm not. No, I haven't. I haven't heard that yet in my neck of the woods or your neck of the woods. Okay. But I, I could be wrong. But I, I think one of the reasons is if they were at a protest, there goes contact tracing. They just there it goes. They I mean, because they won't know who you were you were next to. And they also don't want to probably, you know, propagate that narrative. But if you're trying to find the source or the cluster and you're ignoring one of the biggest environmental changes we've had in the last few weeks by having people close together, you would think that that would be scientifically judicious to, to, to know and, and be able to, you know, I mean, you know, work from, I mean, aren't we trying to figure out COVID? Aren't we trying to figure out how to prevent spread of disease and to kind of shy away from one piece because it's political doesn't make sense. Science no. has no political boundaries. Right. Thank I, you. I agree. It's refreshing to hear you say that, Dr. Dahlia. So as we, as we wrap this up, the question I have for you, if you were put in the position that Dr. Fauci is in, what would you do that would be different? Oh, I'd head to the Caribbean and, and I'd, <laughs> I, I'd be having my ties. I, I'd be out of Dodge. Um, here's the thing. Dr. Fauci is tough because he, he kind of has a gun to his head. I mean, he he can't understate and say, oh, we're going to have 50,000 cases and we have 100, you know, because he has his credibility. Yes. He's also dealing with a virus that has never been known. And so, I, you know, doctors don't like to say, I don't know, I don't know. And, and, you know, he's had a very difficult job, you know, being on the stand and, and you know, trying to make sense. The problem is, is he also has to be very political with it. You know, what, what really happened with the masks is we didn't have enough masks. We needed right. all hands on deck at the hospital, and nobody wanted to think about hospital lives matter or think that we were, we were, you know, putting hospital workers first among the public, so nobody wanted to say that. But that's why we were told not to mask, because there wasn't enough. Right. And I don't know if you've seen some of the video footage of some of these masks being made in third world countries on yeah, the floor. Yeah, on the floor, with yeah. Kids. <laughs> it, seen that. It, scary and so we we didn't have enough masks and face coverings and then for them to go all right you guys could use a handkerchief or some underwear or whatever those aren't appropriate masks so so he had to try to be as political and like i said you can't be political in medicine somebody needed to stand up there and say look guys we don't have enough masks so yes. it's up to you you guys could either stay home or you could try to wing it but know that we don't know what we have here we don't have medicines we might not have funding for this so, guys, be smart, stay away from other people, and try not to breathe and cough on. on I mean, you know, it, it, it really mm -hmm. needed somebody with a lot of cojones to just say that, but he couldn't because that wasn't his job. He had to represent right. the administration. Right. He had to deal with Congress, and it's, it's, it's a very tricky position. Right. It is a tricky position. Well, we appreciate you being on the show today. Now, before we leave, Jana has one final question for you that she likes to ask of our guests. So, Jana, take it away. This is putting you on the spot here. It doesn't have anything to do with COVID. I mean, unless you want it to. No, it's fine. So let's say every time you walk into a room, you have a song that's a theme song and it just plays when you walk in. What would you want to be your theme song? Oh, man. Okay. Well, it's Dr. Usually my theme song on my show is the Dr. Dr. Give me the news. There you that go. One. But unfortunately, I think the song is Baby Got Back because I talk about my butt. So that's unfortunately the song that follows me. <laughs> oh, I like terrific, that. Terrific. Terrific. Well, our guest for this segment has been Dr. Dahlia Wax, Dr. Dahlia, and uh, we'll have all her information on our Facebook and page. That's right. And you can tune into the Dr. Dahlia show. It's heard on GC network kdwn iheart and multiple affiliates throughout the country and like mark said we will put the information on our facebook page thanks for being on the show thank dr you, dahlia you so are great much. you guys take care thank you thank you well that was a great guest to have on that was great that was fantastic you know it's funny because when she's sitting there uh telling us information about coronavirus, coronavirus! there's part of me that okay so here, here's what i did recently I looked at the numbers 
locally here in Southern California. Mm, you know, as okay. you as you know, I'm a news hound, so I watch a lot of watch a lot of news and stuff like that, and I don't trust anything the news says, which prompted questions that I had for the doctor. Yeah. But uh, so this is by their numbers. Now I don't trust their numbers because there's things they aren't considering in my book. But mm-hmm. anyway, by the LA. L.A. local news said that in L.A. County, this is this is just the narrative uh, like a day or so ago. Okay. And I and I realize our podcasts are dated when we do stuff like this, but this is the uh, first week of July. Mm-hmm. So this is what uh, this is what the numbers were this particular day. They said that in L.A. County, one in one hundred and forty people have COVID nineteen, and if you do the math on that, that's only point seven percent. Which is not 0.7% very of the much. population. Yeah. But the news, it's on every night as if this is affecting 10% or even 5%. Grim. That's, that's what right. I like to use these days. Grim. And, it's, and it, to me, it's ridiculous because 140 people is 0.7%. Mm-hmm. And they're shutting down our economy because we recently. Here in the L.A. area, or the whole state of California, actually, yes, they uh, we've reverted back to shutting things down. Yeah, and uh, businesses I, were just feeling like they had some hope, right? And starting Riverside to come Airport back. Cafe. Oh yeah, Riverside Airport Cafe. We featured on the show, and now they're yeah. takeout. We're gonna have to go down and get some takeout just to yep. just to support them. Indeed. Uh, so I, I thought that was disappointing uh, uh, as far as shutting everything down for 0.7% of the population. Exactly. The virus is real, but the um, overreach yeah. <laughs> and too, the hysteria. Too much. Now, out in Riverside County, yes. Riverside County has a population of, let me see if I can say this number correctly, because I'm not rounding it up. I'm using, these, these are current statistics. Okay. 2,470,546 people. Okay. And currently in Riverside County, there are 14,905 cases. That's 0.6% of the population. So that's a tenth of a percent less than L.A. County, yet we are still shut down as well. Yeah. Well, the protests aren't shut down. Right. (laughs) And that is what's so amazing. But but don't go to the beach. (laughs) Yeah, beaches are shut down. And it was so funny because when... when, uh, not only did we have a press conference recently where our governor was saying he's shutting everything down, but, uh, you know, we're we're in the greater L.A. area, so we get a lot of L.A. news. You know, everything's yes. L.A. central, L.A. centric, I should say. And the L.A. mayor, actually, while he was speaking about shutting things down and we need to not go out in groups and all that, literally yes. outside of his office at the exact same time were people protesting to uh, defund the police and and whatever else, and he wasn't doing anything about that. Even though during the speech he is saying, you know, we're going to find people. We have a team that's going to go out and do. Right. All. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It, it doesn't make sense to me that we're shutting everything no. down for 0.6 percent of the population. Again, we can't stress it enough. The virus is real, but either we all have to be careful and distance and wear masks and be on lockdown. Or you have to let everybody free. Right. It's, it's, you know, I wish that there was a little bit more um, trust in the community. But. Yeah. And so I did some further math. The average annual deaths in Riverside County from influenza and pneumonia. Those two are are in the Mm -hmm. same category as far as the stats that I found from the official record. The average annual deaths are 317 per 100,000 people. Now, remember, we have like 2.4 million, right. but it comes down to 317 deaths per 100 for yeah. the average annual. Mm-hmm. You know what the deaths are for COVID-19 this year? Tell me. 432 total, and that comes down to 18 deaths per 100,000. So our mm-hmm. average for the flu is 317 per 100,000. Yeah. But here we have we have what I, I don't know a, a, a tenth of that or less. I you know I didn't do the math on that, but the thing is, is it's such an infinitesimal part that we should not be shutting down at all. No, we shouldn't. I mean, take precautions and everything. Tell everyone you know it's something to be aware of. But my gosh, we are shutting everything down for a tiny, tiny percentage of death. And might I add that the flu is a, a killer for children. I mean, not always children and senior citizens. Um, suffer quite a bit with the flu. 
And so, and that doesn't appear to be the case most of the time with children in, with COVID. Right, right. I mean, any any loss of life is tragic. But. Right. And but, you know, and, and there are people that will say, you know, oh, we need to, uh, you know, but even one life we need to save. Well, we don't stop driving cars. And I didn't even do the math on how many car accidents and people die in car accidents uh, here in this county. I've, I've thought about it, too. I mean, so then so that now we do have to shut down for the flu and any other virus that comes right, through. Right. I don't know. Just doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, hopefully hopefully us having our guest on today, Dr. Dahlia Wax, Dr. Dahlia on, hopefully that uh, brought some clarity to people. I hope so. I hope <laughs> that. Uh, and do you know what? Um, we are going to put Dr. Wax information on our Facebook page and you can listen to her show and you can also, I would imagine that you would be able to get a hold of her if you have questions for her. And if you have questions for us, you can call us at 909-572-0278. Leave us a message. And be sure to check out our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Snack a Little. We have pictures from every single one of our episodes on our Facebook page. They're each in their own separate album. So anything we talk about taking a picture of, be sure to check that out. And if you like what you hear, share it with your friends and um, tell them where to find us. That's at Snack a Little on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a good one. <laughs>